0: It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain.
1: And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast.
0: The kettle's boiled, Vic.
1: Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said I'm never drinking again and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour?
0: Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one while you head to a dodgy after party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, Alcohol. Alcohol.
1: On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy.
0: Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hello and welcome back to this part two of our episode on friendships. In last week's episode, we spoke about what friendship is, Vic, and we also talked about our slightly weird, demented opinions on what we are like as friends and what we expect from our friends as well.
1: It was quite exposing, actually, talking about that, because I think we just kind of freewheeled it, didn't we? We did. And we realised that we are both extremely weird and vulnerable and loving, yet slightly disturbing yes
0: and similar in (laughs) ways that may or may not be good
1: yeah I think they're probably bad our friendships are very strange and we should probably stay in this this recording studio on our own for the rest of our lives because from now on everyone's going to avoid us anyway
0: yeah we ended the episode by talking about why friendships change when you stop drinking so I think we'll pick it up from there Vic
1: yeah On the last episode, we talked about new needs, stigma, how you've changed, different chapters, it being so confronting to your mates that you're now sober, and about knowing what you want. So can we learn to accept these changing and evolving friendships? And is it okay if we lose people that have been dear to us? What have you noticed about your friendships since quitting drinking Hamish? Do you think you'll lose friends or that people's opinions of you will actually change?
0: I've actually been pleasantly surprised by my friends since going sober. Like I said, i got No peer pressure at all. You know, I think in my head, I was going to get loads of peer pressure and people were, I thought it would dominate conversation. I thought if I say I'm sober, then the next 20 minutes has to be a conversation about why I'm sober, which I think is fine once, but then quickly gets dull. Um, So I think that actually, if your reasons are good enough to give up, then people don't question it. People don't peer pressure. That was what I think. You know, if if I gave a wishy-washy answer rather than, well, I've had a kid and here are my reasons for doing it, then... People might feel like they can lean in. I I kind of feel like we we live in a more understanding society. You know, we we ask less questions, particularly I think around alcohol. If people say I'm sober, in my head I'm like, okay, maybe you had a problem with drinking that in a wedding environment that might not be the time to have that conversation no. so people just accept it. You know, people are vegan and people go that's fine. People go I want to be gender neutral. People go that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I think generally it's easier to be different today than maybe it was 10, 20 years ago.
1: Definitely. Isn't that wonderful that you can you can be who you want to be and people don't ask you too much and you know that when people do they're not the right people for you.
0: Absolutely. It, it's still fairly early in my sobriety. You know, maybe I will get invited to less events or stag dos. I don't Really care. Um, (laughs) I have a wife and kid, so yeah, I don't mind missing out on lads' weekends away. I was
1: going to say that Hamish, like your life is like one very big stag do, though, isn't it?
0: There's a lot of dress up, and there's a lot of nudity. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. In a way, my life, you're right. In a way, my life is a stag do without the vomit.
1: Yeah, you don't need to go to a stag do and get tied to a lamppost in the city centre. You can just wear your mankini on a run and it fulfills your stag do Oh, good. That makes destiny. me feel better about the yeah, yeah. stag
0: do. Okay, that's good. One of the best things I've found about my friendships in my sobriety is that what I say sober means a lot more. Mm. So i made a really conscious effort throughout that trip home to say the soppy stuff that you usually only say when you're tipsy or drunk. So telling people that I love them or that I've missed them, you know, all of those things. Which did,
1: did they text you back afterwards? Nah, no
0: text at all. <laughs> <laughs> blocked, blocked, blocked. <laughs> Please just send me a dick pic. Why are you messaging me? He's this?
1: just told me he loves me. <laughs> what
0: a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think, yeah, if you, like, finally... <laughs> what I say matters if I say it sober. Yes. You know, you're not just wishy-washy bullshit when you're drunk at a wedding. Yeah. So I've really enjoyed that. You know, particularly I, I had the best man speech at the last wedding I went to was two good mates of mine and it was extraordinary. It was one of the best, best men's speeches I've ever heard. And I think any best man at any wedding will have everyone coming up to them, good job, well done, that was great. And actually, it doesn't mean anything because they're drunk and you have to say that to the best so man. true. So I... Said, look, guys, firstly, I'm sober. So, you know, I'm not bullshitting. Yeah. It was amazing. And then I actually called them the morning after. And I said, today is the day you need to hear about how good the speech was. Not when people are drunk after the speech, but like today, when all the hopes died down. That was unbelievable. Well done.
1: Oh, that's so nice of you. Mm. I think what you've pinpointed there is that when people get sober, there's a level of trust a trust that you don't have when you're a drinker. I didn't even trust myself, let alone anyone else trust me because they knew I was just a mess. Mm. So... There, you know, because you're sober, people generally in the room are going to trust you more because you're the one that's kind of compass mentis and knows what's going on. You're the one that, you know, if there was a murder, for example, at the wedding, I like this is going. you would be the one that the police would come to to ask the questions because you'd remember everything and they could trust your evidence. Whereas if it was me and I was drunk at a wedding, they'd be like, "Don't ask her."
0: Like <laughs> she it. was passed out under a table. That when you say that now, I'm thinking that's the best answer at a wedding. If someone's like, "Why don't you drink?" You're like, "Well, if a murder. Yeah. If there's a murder tonight, I want to be the go-to guy. Yeah,
1: I've met the mother-in-law, so I would think I better stay sober.
0: <laughs> mother-in-law in with a lamp in the in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. What about you, though, Vic? How's, how have friendships and sobriety played a role in your life?
1: Well, I think nowadays I need to take a leaf out of my children's book, especially my daughter, Nellie. I know you love my stories from the mouth of Nell. Yes, I do. She is very amusing. So I'm going to tell you about Nellie. She has this thing called a wopple. Okay. right? It's a made-up word, came out of nowhere. Great she says, word. I've woppled. I'm like, Nellie, what's a wobble? She said, "I've just met one." I've, she said, a
0: wa- <laughs> "Quickly, a wobble that sounds like if you're wearing loose fitting pants and you fart. <laughs> that is the noise that a wobble." No, for- that's a fibble. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> a fipple. <laughs>
1: so Nelly, wobbles. Okay. What that means is, I said, Nelly, what's a whopple? What's a wobble? Come on, she went. Well, it's when I go to the park, mummy, by myself, and I meet someone that I've never met before. I wobble them. Okay. So it's basically making a friend at the park that you've never met before and that you're never going to see again.
0: Oh, okay. That's quite sweet.
1: Yeah, it's very sweet. And she wopples a lot. And she had invisible friends. One was called Jingjong H, mm-hmm. which was interesting. And well, I can't remember the name of the other one, but it was some odd name. So that's quite a good way. <laughs> oh, of, well, it was Jingjong yeah, H, wasn't it? H. And I can't remember the name of the other one. But she. <laughs> has invisible friends and wobbles a lot. So she's always always got mates, but it doesn't Mm. matter whether they're short-term or whether they're real, in fact, because she doesn't rely upon them too much. And maybe that's something in adulthood that we need to learn is that you can't rely on people all the time yes. and the kids they're so like everything comes and goes everything's sort of fluid so you can have a friend one point and then you don't have a friend another day and you can wobble.
0: that would be quite a healthy sobriety challenge to I try need to, and wobble once a week
1: i need to adult whopple.
0: yes i mean
1: that's what i need to do and be more kind of aware that friendships aren't as always as solid as you imagine and accept that it's okay to meet someone and never see them again mm-hmm which I'm not sure I could actually do. It sounds weird. So, yeah, taking a leaf out of the kids' book is is a good idea. But I have seen my Nelly, I do think she's going to struggle a bit at school because she's a bit like me where she loves her friends. Mm. And if somebody turns on her or does something weird or says, I don't want to play with you today, she does come home in tears after that. I mean, I can handle the end of friendships better in sobriety. I do have a bit more of a it's-your-loss attitude now. Mm -hmm. Because I know that if they, well, they don't really want to hang out with me, then, okay, fair enough. It's not worth putting the effort in. So I am getting better at that, Hamish. And sometimes I can be quite relieved when a friendship ends now. Right. Because if it's gone weird and I'm still putting the effort in, I'm like, oh, this is too much. I
0: don't want to do God, this anymore. God. Even the phrase of friendship ending makes me feel anxious. <laughs> I don't like the idea that any friendship ends.
1: Oh, God, we are going to be friends till death, aren't (laughs) we? No, we We haven't got a choice.
0: We could hate each other and we'll just keep it going.
1: I couldn't do it. I'd still be like, are you all right? Are you all right, Hamish? Are we okay? Are we still friends? (laughs) I'm definitely more careful with my time and who I invest in, which is great. I mean, I still get ghosted sometimes, as we spoke about on the last episode, and especially if there's no explanation, that is a real trigger for me. My parents I talked about, they have their three strikes and their out rule, which is definitely something I, I want to do more of, but I definitely have boundaries now, Hamish, which mm-hmm. is something I didn't even know existed when I was a drinker. I was just like, come on everyone, here's the party, I'm the centre of the party, yeah. let's all have a good time, and I never considered that that might be detrimental to me, yeah. whereas now i have more boundaries in place and i can see what is healthy for me and what is going to
0: hurt my feelings okay before we focus on boundaries there is a joke somewhere in being ghosted by an invisible friend
1: okay i haven't written it
0: (laughs) you need to write it one of us needs to write it yes the idea of being ghosted by an invisible friend is humorous (laughs) to me
1: i mean how offensive is that (laughs) (laughs) I
0: know. know. tell nelly nelly will come up with something Uh, but yeah to focus on boundaries for a second you know that word always seems to pop up. And I really believe it's important to understand that identifying, developing, establishing and protecting your boundaries is vital to your well-being.
1: Let's define boundaries for the listeners and explain why they are so vital to sober life. Basically, there are two types of boundaries, external and internal Tell us what external are, Hamish.
0: Okay, so external boundaries are what separate you from other people. They are specific constructs you create to determine what is okay and what is not okay in your relationships. External boundaries allow you to recognise where you stop and other people start. You might think of them as guidelines that govern the way you interact with the world around you.
1: Yeah, that is so good. Internal boundaries are between you and you. They help you regulate the relationship you have with yourself. You might think of internal boundaries as self-discipline, which results in effective time management, mental and emotional self-regulation, appropriate behaviour and impulse control. Internal boundaries empower you to follow through on commitments you make with yourself.
0: The Sober You gets to create your own external and internal boundaries. They are designed to help you establish and enjoy healthy relationships with others and yourself. Some good boundaries, the ability to stay true to your sense of self, spiritual beliefs and passions, the ability to prioritise personal time for self-care, the rights to change your mind and preferences, and alone time with no distractions or interruptions.
1: I can already feel myself in those, like yeah. allowing myself alone time, I never do that. Almost
0: impossible with children.
1: Yeah, almost impossible. <laughs> yeah. Like so many things in there, like prioritising personal time, I just don't do that. You know, the ability to stay true to my sense of self and spiritual belief, like I try, it does never yeah. last. So already I can see where I'm going wrong just by you reading that. That is
0: on my, like, every night on my to-do list for tomorrow is I'm going to give myself 10 minutes to do this breath work. Yeah. I have not done that in months. We have And the alone time thing, genuinely, like this is such a sad thing. I love driving to and from work because okay. it's like the only time I'm by myself in the car, I listen to a podcast, I listen to music. and I really enjoy it. It's like 15 minutes.
1: Hamish, I'm the same with going to the supermarket. Really? Yeah. Like it's my time. It's my free time. Like I go up and down the aisles. I like it when there's a good song on. It's usually some 80s song like Madonna or something. So I sort of trot along the aisles, having a great time, probably spending far too long squeezing <laughs> yeah. avocados. Like I make it like a date, like a private date for myself. Yeah, it's odd. How did it come
0: to this? Well, yeah, that is like the only time I
1: get on my own. It's peace and quiet. It's lovely. It's like the best.
0: I'm just imagining you with your eyes closed, just head up, squeezing (laughs) avocados, moaning.
1: (laughs) Don't imagine that too much. (laughs) Some unhealthy boundaries are disrespecting the values, beliefs and opinions of others when you do not agree with them. Not saying no. Or not accepting when others say no. And feeling like you are responsible for other people's feelings and or happiness. That line, Hamish, represents both of us extremely well. Which is why I drank. Because I used to go into a room and feel responsible for the happiness of the people in there. Isn't that ridiculous?
0: I totally understand that.
1: That is what we've been talking about right there. I'm going to read it again. (laughs) Feeling like you are responsible for other people's feelings and or happiness. That is where I'm going wrong with friendships.
0: One of the most liberating things I ever heard was actually Will Smith, who did a big post about... Before Slapgate. Before Slapgate, when it was still very popular... He did a whole post about divorcing yourself from the idea that you are responsible for your partner's happiness. Okay. And I remember in my last relationship being like, she's not happy. Like, how can I make her happy? Well, I can make her happy, but not, it can't last for weeks and months. Yeah. And thinking that's on me. That's on me. That's on me. That's on me. And Ash again, no, like, you're in charge of your happiness. I'm in charge of my happiness. We can try and help each other out. But fundamentally, that is not my responsibility. If you would like to support the Sober Awkward
1: podcast, we're excited to announce that we've joined Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform which allows you to give back for the content you love.
0: By buying Sober Awkward a cuppa once a month, we can keep the giggles coming and continue sharing our sobriety message.
1: By joining Patreon, you get access to Sober Awkward merch, extra content, special promos and loads more. Just find the link in the show notes or head to patreon.com and search for
0: Sober Awkward. And together we could learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. And I thought, oh God, that was such a penny drop moment for me.
1: It's like a relief, isn't it? It's like, God, actually, I don't have to cook these people dinner and be disappointed. I can just not invite them over and that's all right. I can just sit and watch telly on my own and I don't get any repercussions from sitting and watching Alone, in fact, (laughs) which is my favourite (laughs) programme. My God, that is uncanny, Hamish. Yeah, so my favourite programme at the moment is Alone. Watch it if you haven't. It's about people being dropped off in the middle of nowhere and having to survive on their own.
0: Which is weird, isn't it? Because... At the moment, all of the shows that I'm enjoying are about serial killing. What does that say about me? You want to be alone, I just want to kill.
1: <laughs> oh god, it's disturbing. On the plus side,
0: I can never kill you if you're alone. Yeah, so that's maybe true. that's why we get on.
1: We'll go to that wedding. Kill someone. <laughs> um I'm just gonna do a quote from Brene Brown because we always love a good Brene Brown quote. Daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. Oh, we're learning a few (laughs) lessons today. Aren't we? Gosh. So, sobriety brings the ability to do just that not worry so much about what others think can make you strong in your choices and your changes. And that's exactly what happened with that sober women's weekend away. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any weirdness because we all trusted each other and because we were so open with each other and we knew we were all in the same boat. And we don't worry as sober people what people think about us so much Mm. so it makes relationships a lot easier and things like going out for the day it was like you do what you want I do what you want if someone was going to bed because they were tired and didn't want to join us for a cup of tea it was like yeah see you in the morning there was no stay you know like chanting come on stay 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 there was none of that it was just mutual respect which I guess is what we talked about on last week's episode which is that reciprocal agreement between friends is that you just respect what they do and meet in the middle somewhere when you do hook up.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's funny. I've, I found myself gravitating towards the pregnant women at the weddings. As soon as it got to like 10, 30, 11 yeah. o'clock, I was like, I need to be around the pregnant women there on the same on the same like mental space as I am. To me, it felt like all of my friends at that stage of a wedding had bought a ticket to somewhere that <laughs> I could not go to. Yeah. They were in a different destination.
1: La La Land. La La
0: Land, we could yeah. call it. Um, and I couldn't go there, but me and the pregnant women could <laughs> sit around the bonfire outside and have normal chats.
1: Did the pregnant women ask for your phone number? No. Okay, <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs>
0: It seems boundaries in sobriety will help you protect yourself and move on from people that no longer fit into your life. Let's hear what the couple members said about their friendships changing in sobriety.
1: Oh, yes, we always love hearing from our couple members.
0: We do. Shiny Sober said, that should be one of those... Um... She sells seashells on the seashore. Shiny shed. Yeah, shiny shed. I've definitely found out who my real friends are now I'm sober. But the friends that have stuck by me now see the real me and we get to enjoy real moments together. Just pure joy and happiness. Oh,
1: that is perfect. Lisa said, it's okay that friendships end she can still love them, which I think is a really important point. Thank you, yes. Lisa. I know that it's Lisa who has, was away on the weekend, actually. Oh, nice. And I think that's a really important point to make, is that even if friendships change, it doesn't mean to say that you don't love that person. It just it just means that things have developed in a way that you couldn't have predicted and you've gone off in different directions. Mm. It doesn't mean you have to have hatred towards them. That's you can it. love them and leave them, if you know what that's I mean. It's a
0: beautiful way of looking at the end of a relationship, that. Yeah.
1: Whilst Mike said, in my sobriety, many old friends have become less meaningful. That can happen too. But the ones that are still meaningful are worth holding on to.
0: Paul D said, a friend couple of mine used to have a place in their refrigerator to keep beer for my visits. One is a non-drinker. The other is only a rare occasion drinker. Other than my beer shelf, they don't have any alcohol in the house. Now they need a smaller refrigerator. Yeah. Which is good. (laughs) Saves them some electricity. But changes in my friendship run the gamut. Some in awkward shock, some in denial, some overjoyed. But on my side of the equation, my friend relationships are far more meaningful. It's a joy to be fully present, have genuine conversations and laugh with each other till it hurts.
1: I love that one because it just shows the joy of sobriety and the genuine conversations. It does change friendships, but it actually does make them better. That is so well said, Paul. Cat Lady said, I stopped being invited over for Friday night drinks because her friends were worried she wouldn't have a good time and she wouldn't feel included. Which, of course, you do feel like that sometimes. Mm. What makes her feel not included is the non-invite. Yep, we know that one. She said she would still love to go and talk shit with her friends and laugh and carry on. And, of course, they know she doesn't need wine to be who she is. She says, I think the thing that grates the most is that we hang out sober all the time, at least where there's no alcohol, so they know I'm still the same person. I think that's a really good point, Hamish, don't you? It's like, well, I see my mates for breakfast and I see them for dinner. I'm still the same person. You know, I haven't changed. I'm not going to be less fun just because we're out when it's dark at night.
0: Finn says, I'm still showing up to drinking events with friends that I realise only catch up around alcohol. This is not sustainable. I can only wander around so many gin festivals to prove that I'm still capable of fun.
1: Yeah, and you shouldn't have to prove you're capable of fun. If you want to stay home, stay home. It's that being responsible for other people's happiness. Again, if you don't want to wander around a gin festival, then don't. Mm -hmm. Just don't go. Paul said, I feel like I definitely don't see my friends as much anymore. All we really did was catch up for a beer. I still have a couple of mates that I talk to and they sometimes call in for a chat, but I'm okay with that as I have made a big change and I think it was a shock to everyone's system.
0: We had three private emails from people that did not want their names disclosed that said they'd lost their best friends due to going alcohol free. They realised booze was the only thing they had in common and they're still mourning their friendships but looking forward to making new sober mates.
1: Gosh, Hamish, that is sad it's but sad, true. Yeah. yeah. I think that is a side effect of sobriety. Sometimes is that you are gonna lose some mates that you just drank with because mm-hmm. you just don't understand each other anymore. Yeah. There's no mutual reciprocation there, is there?
0: Oh, that does make me sad. I'm oh, glad that's done to me. Yeah. Should but... we
1: stop and have a little cry for a moment? Yeah. You
0: okay. should do that every episode, yeah. shouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cry, cry, <Yeah>. cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> cry, cuddle, and get back on with the comedy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There were 50 comments, Hamish, and not too many of them were negative. I was surprised, actually.
0: That is good to hear. All these newly sober superheroes have set their boundaries and have the capability to understand when something is no longer working. It's impressive, so well done. I'm sorry we could not read everyone's emails out. Just head to Community to read more. I've learnt today that some friends will like your sober life and others won't, and it's okay. It's up to you if you put up your boundaries and grit your teeth. Hang on to old relationships if you can find a middle ground or accept that you no longer need to hang on to friendships that aren't right just because you have history together.
1: We often say that with sobriety comes clarity, clarity about you and your relationships. Just remember... The only people who get upset about you setting boundaries are the ones who were benefiting from you having none.
0: Yes, such a good quote. So what we've discovered is that you don't have to end long friendships if you still love that person. You can reframe friendships, give them space, come back to them and even grow together in different directions. If your friend allows it, you can meet for breakfast instead of beers, walks instead of lock-ins and long lunches with genuine connection over rowdy piss-ups with consequences.
1: I just wanted to have a quick chat here, Hamish, about the importance of finding sober friends mm-hmm. um, if you haven't got them already. If you are struggling in your relationships and friendships, I think it is a great idea if you are newly sober to go onto to and find people that live locally to you or find a local sobriety group or go to an A, a meeting if if you can, mm-hmm. if, if that's something that you feel like you'd do. The best advice I can give is one of the biggest supports of me, Hamish. I know it sounds a bit odd, but when I gave up drinking, I started my Instagram page, which is at drunk mummy, sober mummy. And on that page, I only followed sober people. (laughs) So it was a separate page from my normal account and I followed thousands of sober people on it. And every day it meant I, ha- I could log on to somewhere and get inspiration and get yeah. ideas and know that people were going through the same things as me. And now I would consider some of those people on there to be friends, even though I haven't met them. I know we talk about the online world as a bit of a, you know, it's not it's not the best thing. It can be quite negative mm-hmm. for our health, but there are some aspects of it that are good and it can be helpful. 24-7 at your fingertips, there are people out there that are going to be going through exactly what you've been through and they can become friends. I know on cuppa people run events, we run coffee mornings, meet for a cuppa, go for walks, go for runs, whatever you want to do. I think the importance of finding people that are going through exactly the same Moments of sobriety as you are, it sort of makes everything else fade away as we talked about at the beginning of the first podcast. It doesn't matter where they're from, where they've been, you know, their job or anything. All that matters is you have that one thing in common, which is sobriety and the struggle and the fact that you've all had problems with alcohol in the past, whether it's a big problem or a small problem. You have that connection and like the weekend away that I went on with these 15 amazing women with different stories we had this mutual respect because of this one connection and everything else fell away all that was left over was friendship yeah and that was a really beautiful thing to have knowing that makes friendships a lot easier I will say that
0: that's what the cuppa community sort of felt like to me you're the only sober person that I know yeah a reality friend um but cuppa yeah. yeah sort of this you know, almost everyone on it is sober or at least trying to go sober or sober curious and so supportive and so... It's like Facebook, but everyone's lovely. Yeah. Been, the only way I could <laughs> yeah. review cuppa is like Facebook, but everyone's wonderful. Um, yeah. and when I was in England, I I'd met up with a few people who are on cuppa. Oh, yes, listened. you did. Of course I did. you did. I met Kate and Sherry Lou and Michael. Yeah, Happy uh, Without the Hooch. Happy Without the Hooch. Yes. And uh, that's his Instagram name, not yeah. just some weird thing no, that Victor <laughs> shouted it, at that me. That is his Instagram and, handle. And... and yeah, we went out for porridge uh, to a place that I used to work at called 26 Grains, and it was so lovely. I've never done a sober meetup. And yeah. God, it was funny. Yeah, really, funny. really lovely.
1: And what you realise is that sober people are the people with the stories. Yeah. We're not boring. Mm-hmm. We're the people that have been there. We've put ourselves out there in our past, and we're the ones with the brilliant and funny stories. We're not boring at all. Yeah. I bet he was funny, wasn't he, he was Happy funny. Without the Hoops?
0: They were all funny, actually. All of them were great. Oh, but I think so good. The other thing, if you're. If you're thinking I'm newly sober and I don't have any sober friends and I'm not on the internet, you know, I'm not someone that could do cuppa or do Instagram or whatever. What I found helpful is being the instigator of meetups with friends that do drink, but instigator, let's go for a run. Let's go for a walk. If you come up with the idea, which is a non-drinking social hangout, which there aren't many of, you know, most of our social hangouts are a pub or a dinner or a meal that is basically boozing. Um, But if you are the, we are meeting for a run, then it's a lot easier. That's the advice I would give.
1: And also I find people are relieved when you do that, if yeah. they're drinkers, because actually they don't really want to go out and get wasted and have a really bad True. hangover for two days. They would actually probably rather spend that time with you and it be real and you connect and you have yeah. authentic conversations. And that's so actually, more relaxed,
0: meeting up with someone and not being face-to-face, con- yeah. conversing. Well, that's quite an intense way to hang out with someone. Yes, Once so we go on a walk, have a conversation, I find it a lot easier to, to get into it, weirdly.
1: should we go for a walk then?
0: no. We have to record the podcast. (laughs) Okay, sorry.
1: I definitely think you can reframe friendships. I think reframing rather than ending is probably going to be the best result if you can do that. I have healthy conversations over tea and biscuits nowadays rather than spitty ones over ashtrays and whiskey. It's much better for everyone, especially those angry bouncers, Hamish. Yeah, true. We're going to end this podcast by I don't really know. What no, do you think? I don't know. Because we're in this weird studio, so we're probably just going to, I don't know, what we're going to do, eat some pizza?
0: I was going to sit at like the studio thing and make it look like I'm a music producer. Okay, if I'm going to take some photos. Me.
1: I have actually got bought some cold pizza for us to have as oh, well. Okay,
0: cold. Well, then we'll get pizza and all the fancy buttons. Yeah. But that's also, that's quite rock and roll.
1: The people would be like, not having them in <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. And then we'll lose them as friends and we'll cry into and our, we'll our just pizza. we t- text,
0: them, text them as we cry. <laughs> what's they're wrong?
1: They're... Yeah. What's wrong? Why aren't you texting me back? Me again. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Happy, sad, happy, sad. I'm not sure what's going on. Are we still friends? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks for listening everyone if you're questioning your relationship with booze you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety it might be time to reach out for some support
0: yeah just talk to a mate about how you're feeling contact a local doctor find an aa or sobriety group fix got one
1: yeah just head to
0: www.cupper.community Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support.
1: Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. Do they
0: have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm
1: not doing this for nothing, miss Bloody hell. How do they share it? I oh, don't know, just write it on me. Search Therapy Works Now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode.
0: Hold up, what was that?